word. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. He deserves it. Amen. He deserves it all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Hallelujah. We serve a mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Before we do anything, we want to dismiss our Sunday school. Amen. We're glad to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. I pray that you have an excellent week. Amen. That God has blessed you and he will continue to bless you. Amen. Amen. Well, well, well. God is good all the time. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to get right into the word this morning. Amen. If you would go turn with me to the book of Luke. Amen. The book of Luke. Amen. We want to ask you to pray for our pastor, all those that are traveling. Amen. Um, that God be with them. Amen. I heard that uh, camp was a great camp. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to go to the word, Luke chapter 24, verses 28. And it says, And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went. And he made as though he was gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it's toward the evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them and it came to pass as he sat at meat with them he took bread and blessed it and break it and gave to them and their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight and they said one to the other did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened up, up the scripture Amen. And I'm going to stop there. Lord, we ask you right now that you would open our hearts to receive your word, Lord, that you would touch us, God. Lord, that you would anoint us right now in Jesus' name. Receive your word. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. God allowed us to see another day. And I want to talk to you about this subject, amen, an encounter, an encounter with Jesus. Amen. When we think about an encounter, it's an unexpected meeting or experience with someone or something. And I, I just want to say here that, you know, an encounter, an encounter is something different from a meeting. I want to give an example. You know, you... you if you were to walk out your front door and see a bear, that's not a meeting. That's an encounter. And when you go to tell somebody that, you're gonna, not going to say, you know, I had a meeting with the bear this morning. You're going to say, I had an encounter with the bear. So it's something uh, extraordinary. It's something 
that we won't soon forget. Amen. It, it can be the most memorable thing that we can experience in our lives that we had an encounter with a bear. Amen. So it's not something that you're going to soon forget. Amen. And this is what I want to talk to you today about, an encounter with Jesus. But before that, I, want, I need to digress, and I want to take you back to, to the book of Genesis, where we know that God created heaven and earth in six days. He created man. He put man upon the earth, a man, to have daily fellowship with him. His plan was to have closer fellowship with man through all eternity. That was his plan have a close relationship with him. However, they broke that fellowship with God when they ate of the forbidden tree. We're all familiar with that. His God-perfect plan became marred by murder, jealousy, dishonesty, discord, rage, hatred, racism, dissent, war, fear, greed, and pride. Their sin infected each one of us, amen, without exception, that sin affected all of us. But God loved us so much that he had to find a way to restore the fellowship that he once restored with man. His first redemption plan had man sacrifice an animal to make atonement for the lost fellowship. But after a while, God realized that the atoning blood of animals did not forgive the sins of man. He knew that no bloodshed of animals could restore man to his rightful place with fellowship with him. Amen. He, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13 puts it like this. For if the bloods of bulls, of goats, and ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified, the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead work to serve the living God. Amen. Romans 5, 19, for as one man obedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall one shall be shall many be made righteous. Amen. Amen. This is where John picks up the story. John 1. Verse 1 says, And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was nothing made that was made. Verse 14 said, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the glory of the, of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, God took on the form of a man called Jesus to make the final sacrifice for all mankind. Amen. Philippians 2, 7 and 8 says, But may he made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man and being found in the fashion of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. And if you will bear with me, I want to break down these two verses that represent the characteristics of God when he robed himself as man 
and served as an example to anyone who wishes to have an encounter with Jesus. First of all, he said he made himself of no reputation. In other words, he was not looking for fame. He wasn't trying to make a name for himself. He did not lose his deity when he became man, for God is immutable. And therefore, he cannot cease to be God, for he is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says he took up for himself a form of a servant. And I want to say this right now. Before you become can do anything in God's kingdom, you must learn to be a servant of God. Amen. You must be willing to serve and not to be served. You know, sometimes we come for people to serve us, but you got to realize that you need to be a servant before you can be served. Amen. Instead of expressing himself as one deserving to be served, he revealed himself as one desiring to be a servant. Amen. Matthew 20, verse 28 says, The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give him his ransom for many. Thirdly, he said he was made in the likeness of man. He participated in the same flesh and blood as man. Even though he was God in the flesh, amen, he was also man. His becoming a man did not exclude his possession of being a deity, for he was both God and man, divine and human, perfect in his deity and perfect in his humanity and being in form and fashion as man as a man he was tempted in all points as man in which we are tempted all of us are tempted but god in his in his in his glory amen yet his temptation was apart from any thought word of act of sin he humbled himself the world, the world has never witnessed a more genuine act of self-humbling. He completely surrendered his will to the will of his Father in heaven. He became obedient unto death. He subjected himself to the cruel death of a criminal on the cross. It was a necessary part of God's plan of salvation for men to such such a death of our Lord voluntarily subjected himself, amen, to implicit obedience to Christ. Even to the death of cross, not only did our Lord die, but he died bearing the burden of the worst criminal act and for us, amen, for you and for I, amen. It boils down to this in 1 Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on the world, and received unto glory. Jesus Christ came to earth to die for you and for me. You know, he could have done this alone. He didn't need us. But he chose ordinary men who were willing to follow him. Peter, James, and John were fishermen. 
Matthew worked as a tax, co tax collector. Simon was known as a zealot, which was, he was a politician. These were crooked men. Amen. Simon, I mean, Jesus was known as a stealer and an embezzler. Amen. He did not call these men based on their inert worthiness. Amen. He didn't call you because of your goodness. Amen. He didn't call you because you were holy and righteous. Amen. He called you, he called you because you were crooked. You were a sinner. You were dirty. You were nasty. But he chose you, amen, to carry forth the word. And this lets me know that it does not matter what your skin color is. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what you've done, amen. You're still a candidate to be a, king, a child of God. See, these ordinary men were about to have an encounter with Jesus. You see, when you came to God, you did not know what you were in for. Amen. They did not know that they were what they were in for. They were, but they were willing to forsake all to follow Jesus. They even said to Jesus, "Behold, we have left all, Amen, to follow you." And Jesus said unto them in Matthew nineteen twenty nine, and everyone that had forsaken houses. Brethren or sisters or fathers or mothers, wife or children, land for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold and inherit a king, inherit everlasting life. Amen. You have to be willing to give it all to Christ. Amen. You know, we, we make light of the rich young ruler. Amen. You know the story. Jesus said, give all and follow me. And we, and we, you know, we talk about him like, he should have just gave it all up to, and just followed Jesus. But how many of us are truly willing to give it all up to follow Jesus? You don't have to honestly, openly answer this question. But what if you, Jesus came to you today and said, give up everything you possess. Give up your houses, your car, your bank account. Amen. Give it to the poor and follow me. Think about it. As spiritual, you know, as spiritual as we are, we would say, oh, yeah, I'd do that. Oh, yeah, I, I'd do that. But after that drive home, after you talk to your family, after, you, you know, you really think about it, you may come back to God and say, look, God, I, you know, let's, let's make a deal. I, I can still serve you with some of my stuff. You know, I don't have to give it up. I can, I can, I can, I can keep some of this stuff and still serve you. But you know what? I'll be honest with you. Sometimes, amen, with my stuff, I put my stuff before God. So sometimes, that's why God wants us to give it all up to him. Because sometimes we hold on to it and we let our stuff get out of our way to serve God. You know, at one time, and, and I, I, you know, I, I've talked about this. 
Every morning when I woke up, I, get, I was in this drone business. And before I woke up, before I did anything, I told my wife, I need to go out and fly. That was my deal, you know. I put my stuff before God. And, and, and sometimes for this, for this reason, we must daily reevaluate my relationship, my relationship with God, making sure that he is the first and number one. Amen. God must come first. And that's hard to do because we, we all got things we need to do. You know, we got a job out, you know, the toilet is broken. Something is going wrong and, a, and we put that first. But we need to make God our first. So these men that we talked about, they were willing to drop everything and follow Jesus. You see, God is not looking for a perfect heart. He's not looking for someone who's already got their act together. We don't, everybody don't have their act together. We're messed up. And we need God to help us make it right. God's looking for someone who is willing to lay aside their own agenda and willing to follow him. See, if you're going to have to have an encounter with the master, you must be willing to say, not my will, Lord. Not my will, not what I want to do, but your will. Amen. What, and it's a blessing to have an encounter with Jesus. Amen. Sometimes I want to do what I want to do. You, call, you know, I'll be honest, I love this flesh. I said it many times. You know why I say I love it? Because when it's hungry, I feed it. When it's cold, I cover it. I don't, I don't let this flesh go. You know, if it's hungry, when my stomach say, mm, you know what? I'm going to the refrigerator. And when I get cold, I'm going to put on, I love this flesh. And don't you tell me you don't love your flesh. But sometimes we got to love Jesus more than we love this flesh. That's why sometimes we need to lay, set that plate aside. Sometimes when when we, when we want to do other things, we need to call on Jesus. Amen. Man, so I want to go back to these men on the road to Emmaus. They had, you know, they left Jerusalem and headed back to Emmaus. Amen. And they traveled. They discussed what happened to Jesus. And I don't have to go through the story. But unbeknown to them, Jesus himself came and walked with them and joined them in their conversation. They didn't know that Jesus was walking with them. They were, and Jesus asked, what, what are you guys talking about? And they said, well, you know, my Lord, he, you know, we were expecting him to live forever. He was going to be our great king. And as they were talking, amen, their eyes were open. And they, Jesus said, and Jesus vanished out, out of their sight. And they said, didn't our heart burn within us? Amen. So they knew that they had an encounter with Jesus. You know, when you have an encounter with Jesus, you're going to feel something. I mean, we, we all react to Jesus in different ways. Amen. Some of us turn around. Amen. So, you know, this, this body wasn't meant, amen, to, to house Jesus. Amen. Because we don't know how to act. Some of us jump up and down. Some of us shout. Some of us just 
squirmish, amen. Some of us cry, amen, because that's what we do when the power of God moves on us. We don't know how to act, amen. When the Holy Ghost moves, you just, you just got to do something. You know, some of us, amen, you know, we don't all act the same. You know, some of us run and shout and jump. I know sometimes I didn't do that. When I felt the Holy Ghost, I just couldn't, mm, 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 mm. You know, it's, it's like when you eat a good cookie. You know, like, mm, that we got the commercial, mm, mm, good. And that's what we feel when the Holy Ghost moves on us. Mm, mm, good, amen. God is good, hallelujah. Amen. And have an encounter with Jesus, amen, is something that, man, we can't explain it. We can't explain it. Amen. Can't explain it. I love serving God. You know, it's nothing like serving God. There are going to be ups and downs, but you know we're going to be up more than we're down. Amen. Jesus met the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. His opening words to, uh, to her was, give me to drink. You see, she was not accustomed to a Jewish man willing to speak to her. When Jesus asked for a drink, she said, how is it that you being a Jew asking me a water? Little did she know she was about to have an encounter with Jesus. She knew there was something different about that man. Amen. We're going to go to Luke chapter 8, verse 43. A familiar story with us all. And it says, And a woman having an issue of blood, 12 years, which spent all her living upon the physician, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood was stinted. Amen. For 12 years she suffered from a blood disease. She had given all her money to physicians. You see, she didn't know she hadn't had an encounter with Jesus yet. So, you know, when we get into trouble, whether you believe in God or not, you're going to call on Jesus. You can say, I don't believe in God. You can say I don't, I don't, I don't trust, I don't believe in the Bible. But when you find yourself in trouble, you're gonna call on Jesus. You're gonna call on Jesus. So no one could help her. Her last hope was Jesus. She knew her chances were slim, but that was her only hope. You know, when you run out of, when you run out of things, when the doctors say give you bad news, you're going to turn to Jesus. Whether you believe in him or not, you're going to turn to Jesus. You're going to call up your pastor, ring, ring, ring. You hadn't, you hadn't, talk, you hadn't been in the church for years. You left, amen. But when you need Jesus, you're going to go to the man that can get a hold of the man that can help you, amen. And that is Jesus. Amen. See, you, she had heard of about his miracles. 
she somehow felt that she, if she could just make her way to Jesus, he could heal her. But then the crowd, how could she make her way through the crowd? She pushed her way through the crowd. She couldn't get his attention, but she thought, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch the master, somewhere if I could make it through, amen. She finally made it just close enough, even though the crowd barely touched the hem of his garment. And she immediately knew that she had an encounter with Jesus. Amen. Because Jesus said, who touched me? Disciples being human said, come on, Jesus. You're surrounded by all of these people. Are you crazy by saying, who touched me? Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about the physical touch. I'm talking about a spiritual touch. Somebody touched me. Amen. And when you get to know God, amen, you'll know God has touched you. Amen. So if you want to have an encounter with Jesus bad enough, you'll make your way through the crowd of doubters. Amen. You won't let your family, amen, interrupt you. Amen. You have your mind made up that you want to get to Jesus. Amen. You won't look past your old friends, you know, because your friends are thinking, man, what's wrong with you? But you got to look past your old friends. Amen. You got to look past them. You'll forget your past and start looking at your future. Amen. Whatever is holding you back, you want to get a hold of the master. Amen. Because he's the only one that can save your soul. He's the only one that can bring you out of the muck and the mire mar of your life. What a blessing it is to have an encounter with Jesus. It takes faith to step out to God, and you must be willing to trust him to move out of your comfort zone. Because sometimes we can get comfortable. Amen. Sometimes God brings things in our lives to try to jar us out of our comfort zone. Amen. I remember we, I was in the service, and it was kind of quiet. And God started moving on me, and I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you, you know, I didn't want to get out of order. But you know what my wife did? She elbowed me because she knew I, I was feeling the God, feeling God, and she elbowed me, and that let me know that okay, it's all right, it's all right. So sometimes God needs to elbow us to move out of your comfort zone. Lift up your hands, amen. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed, amen. Let the spit fall out. Let your, let, let your eyes fill with tears. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. The problem is, amen, we don't, sometimes God brings us, try to draw us out of our comfort zone. The problem is we don't recognize what God is trying to do, yet we fret and feel sorry for ourselves. But maybe we have to look at the big picture and realize that God is trying to save us from our own sin. Some people think they can get to heaven some other way. But you can't do enough deeds to get to heaven. You can't give enough money. You, you can't buy your way into heaven. 
you must have an encounter with Jesus. You need to get involved and have your own encounter with the master. The problem is sometimes we spend so much time fighting Satan rather than exalting Jesus. First, we must realize who Jesus is. We know that he's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I'm talking about knowing him and the power of his resurrection. The most important defense we can have is to exalt Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 32, if I be lifted up to heaven from the earth, will if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Amen. There is no telling what God would do in your lives if you would just become sensitive to the Spirit. God is always trying to touch our hearts, speak to our hearts. Back when the telegraph was the fastest means of long distance, you know what the telegraph was. Fastest means of long distance. There was a story of a young man who applied for a job as a Morse code operator. Answering an ad in the newspaper, he went to the address that was listed. When he arrived, he entered the large northern room office. In the background, there was their background a telegraph clacked, clacked away. A sign on the receptionist counter instructed job laughing to fill out a form and wait until they were summoned to enter the office. The young man completed the form, sat down, and seven other waiting applicants. After a few minutes, the young man stood up, crossed the room to the door of the inner office, walked right in. Naturally, other applicants perked up, wondering what was going on. Why had this man been so bold? They muttered among themselves, that they hadn't heard in the summons yet. They took more than a little satisfaction in assuming that the young man went in, that went into the office would be reprimanded and for his presumption and would be disqualified for the job. Within a few minutes, the young man emerged from the inner office, escorted by the interviewer, who announced to the others, after gentlemen, Thank you very much for coming, but the job has been filled by this young man. The other applicants began grumbling to themselves, and the one spoke up, wait a minute. I don't understand. He was the last one to come in, and we never got a chance to be interviewed, yet he got the job. That's not fair. The employer responded, all the time you've been sitting here, the telegraph had been clicking out the following message in Morse code. If you understand this message, then come right in. The job is yours. None of you heard it or understood it. This young man did, so the job is his. You sometimes God is talking to us. Sometimes God is moving all around us and we're wondering. What is going on? You see, you're not in tune with God. And you wonder, why is this person speaking in tongues? Why are they jumping up and down? Amen. You're not in tune with the Spirit. I'm not being, I'm not being mean, but I'm just telling you. Amen. God is constantly trying to talk to us, 
but we need to be in tune with the Spirit of God. John chapter 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh unto him, and he will draw nigh unto you. Amen. James Cleveland, in his song, Something Got a Hold of You, described what an encounter would be. He said, I was at a revival on the morning bench. I was filled with misery. The same God that touched my mother laid a hand on me. He said, they were singing, come ye that love the Lord. I thought they were singing to me. Something hit me at, over my head, and it ran down to my feet. He said, it was the Holy Ghost. Amen. See, too many people say that they know, know Jesus, but they never had an encounter with him. They may have trusted Jesus as a personal Savior. They may have been faithful to serve him. They may have read and studied the Bible. They may have looked up word. They've done their doctoral thesis on God, but they never had a life-changing encounter with the Master. See, we need to do what David said in Psalm chapter 34, verse 3. It says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and exalt his name together. Now, when we think of magnify, we make it, we, it means to make things bigger than it really is. But that's not possible with God. So what does it mean when God says, oh, magnify the Lord? Certainly God can't be more, certainly God can't obtain more glory than an infinite worth. Amen. So if we can't make God seem bigger or more glorious than he really is, what does it mean to, ma be mag to magnify the Lord? Now, this, just bear with me. For I am the Lord, and I change not. We know that God does not change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. James said in 117, if a good gift and perfect gift is from above and cometh from down from the Father of light, in whom there is no variables, no shadow of changing. So God does not move. So how do we magnify the God, magnify God? I'm going to give you a little lecture in science. You know, the sun does not move. The earth moves. In the wintertime, it, it, it's further away from the sun. In the summer, it gets closer. So this is how we magnify the Lord. God does not move. We need to move closer to God. This is how we magnify the Lord. So, oh, magnify the Lord means that we have to move closer to him. He does not get closer to us. We need to get closer to him. So if you want to have to, you have, want to have an encounter with God, you need to magnify him, getting closer to him through prayer, through reading his word, amen, through fasting, amen. Amen. That's how you get, get closer to God, amen. So we will have an encounter with Jesus. We'll begin to magnify him. 
when you have a when you have an encounter with Jesus, people will know it. You can't keep it to yourself. Think about when you got the Holy Ghost. I I didn't care who heard me. I didn't care. I had something I wanted to tell. I was so excited. I went to work. I went to work the next day. I told my boss I received the Holy Ghost. He had no idea what I was talking about. I didn't care. I got the Holy Ghost. Amen. When I walked to work, I'll be honest, I walked to work speaking in tongues. All over the work. I was so excited about the Holy Ghost. When I, I, and I told you this, when I was talking to my boss, I began to speak in tongues. I had to hold my lip. I, I'm being honest. I was so excited about what God had done for me. I was full of the Holy Ghost. I had had an encounter with Jesus. Amen. There's something about receiving the Holy Ghost. And you can't keep it to yourself. You get a new car, you're going to tell the world about it. You're going to... You wanted somebody to know it. That's when you get the Holy Ghost, you want the world to know. Amen. Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they had, were unlearned and ignorant, they marveled that they had took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. Amen. So if you allow yourself to, Amen. You can experience a true encounter with Jesus. I'm, I'm coming to a close. Amen. Just give me a couple of sec minutes here. You can't buy salvation. You can't work for salvation. You can't just be a good old boy. You can't get on to, into someone else's salvation. You got to have, you got to serve God for yourself. Amen. No matter how much your moms serve God, no matter how much your dad serve God, you have to have a relationship for yourself. Amen. And you can't take sin unto heaven. You must come the old-fashioned way through repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the receiving the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'll never forget my first encounter with Jesus. I was, I, I don't know, 14 to 15 years old. It wasn't at a Pentecostal church. It was in the backwoods of Arkansas in a church that was a sanctified church. I don't know if you're familiar with those sanctified churches. Where they had to, you know, in my church, you know, we didn't make noise like that. They had the tambourines and they were beating, and, you know. And I went to that church with my mom. And I don't remember what the preacher was preaching about. But I do remember that I felt conviction that I never, and I had been in church. I, you know, I went to church. I just went to church. But I, would, I, I went to church on Sunday, and I was partying before that. Saturday, Saturday night, even as a teenager. But I don't remember what he preached, but I know I felt conviction. Tears filled my eyes. I didn't need an altar, but I knew that I had an encounter with Jesus. Before I went to that service, I smoked cigarettes. I cursed. I even drank alcohol. I, 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 I was out there. You know, in my jam, 
you know, my jam, the Commodores, you know, the Temptations, the Isley Brothers, Marvin Gaye. You know, that was my jam. That was my jam. But after that service, I stopped smoking. I stopped cursing. I stopped drinking alcohol. After that service, I changed from singing She's a Brick House by the Commodores to Peace, Peace Be Still by James Cleveland because I had an encounter with Jesus. Amen. When you have an encounter with Jesus, something going to change. Amen. That old man had passed away. You know, like I said, I, I went to church with my mom. And when we got back in the car, my mom lit up a cigarette. And I turned to my mom and I said, Mom, did you not hear what she said? What he said? See, God changed me just that quick. But I lost my way after a while. You know, you know, you feeling, and if you, I wasn't in the atmosphere to keep it going, so I lost my way. But after four or five years, I found my way back to a Pentecostal altar. Amen. And I repented my sins, and I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's when I knew that that was what I felt back then was what I felt now. It was the Holy Ghost. And since that time, it's been 40 years, I've never given up. I won't turn back because I had an encounter with Jesus. Amen. And that same encounter I had with Jesus, amen, you can have that same encounter. Let's stand today. Amen. I knew that that very moment that this was that. Amen. So today, amen, if you want to have an encounter with Jesus, amen, you need to magnify the Lord. You need to say, Lord, not my will, but thine will. Because he will meet you, amen, he will meet you. All you have to do is call on Jesus. Amen. So this altar is open. Amen. If you want to have a relationship with God, just just come. Amen. Just just talk with Jesus. Amen. Because he will meet you. Amen. The altar is open. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glorify your name, God. I glorify you. In the name of
Let the supernatural happen in 